0: Welcome to How to Watch Movies Like a Writer, a podcast where the How to Write Academy shows you how to improve your writing with lessons from popular movies.
1: Hi, I'm Amy Andrews. And I'm Ali Blake, and welcome to How to Watch Movies Like a Writer. I'm a little bit excited today, Miss Amy, because A, this is my first time doing one of the Blow my mind with your um, the way you've broken down the films we've done so far, uh, but also because this is one of my favorite films ever. So, today, if you haven't picked up on it already, we're going to be talking about *Notting Hill*. So, which we'll is go with our first question that we always ask with these: is Did you like the film?
0: <laughs> I think like. So, is, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I think like is the biggest understatement in the <laughs> world. This is, I think, it's in my top. Ten, probably my top five, definitely my top ten of rom-coms of all time. Um, I love that it's written by Richard Curtis again. And I, interestingly, I actually went and looked at the films that he'd written while I was watching this today, and he'd written three out of the top ten movies of mine um, that are in my kind of top 10 um he written yeah. actually, He'd written Love Actually, he'd written Bridget Joseph's Diary, but he also wrote for black adder and he wrote for Mr. Bean, he wrote Vicar Dibley, like all these things. I didn't realise he'd written. Which so goes to show these like um comedic tops which are so prevalent in this you know beautiful movie 100
1: percent, yeah i'm i'm with you this is as i mentioned this is one of my favorites not even just favorite rom-com this would be my top three movies ever i love it that much yeah. i've seen it so many times i've i don't know if you can notice the um little sign i have in the background there which is not <laughs> in hill gate on of my office uh my husband and i the first house we ever bought was in a suburb in Melbourne called Notting Hill to say that that was one of the reasons why we picked that house that would be a yes because to be able to say that like this is how much I love this movie um yeah it's just it's just been a part of kind of even my experience what was that did it have a blue door it didn't have a blue door I didn't paint it blue either sorry because blue is not my favorite color so I left that one to the lovely Hugh Grant um but yeah so absolutely this is an absolute favorite of mine as well so it was really thrilling actually to sit down and re-watch it again looking through the lens of this program so having seen it that many times i know so much of it by heart i know the bits that i love i know the the moments that mean something to me not just to everybody but to actually sit down and look at it through the lens of watching a film like a writer was just it just enhanced the experience again for me um how about for you did that take away any of the magic or or did you find things in it that were just even more amazing
0: I think it's interesting to look at analytically we've done it a couple times now and I you don't realize that it hasn't taken away my enjoyment at all in fact I think it's made me kind of dig deeper to really notice the things that I hadn't really clocked I guess probably somewhere subliminally I'd clocked it but not really Kind of realize the cleverness of the writing and um, a lot of the kind of echoes throughout the entire, um, you know, movie. It's just sort of lovely, uh, and I didn't it didn't ruin my enjoyment because I went to write down a bunch of different, you know, dialogue that I liked, and I found that oftentimes I'll have to like pause and rewind to make sure I've got the you know it actually right. But because I've heard yeah. it like yeah. from all of the entire times, I didn't yeah. even have to write. Yeah. I knew that I got it worse every time. Yeah.
1: Isn't that amazing? It's so wonderful. And it shows the power, you know, when you look at something filmically, the power of dialogue, uh, is is huge. Like it's it's that's there's a slight difference between you know between books and movies because they can show so much in in one image, um, whereas we have to sort of use a lot more words to, to get the same thing across. But I think there's still so much value in seeing how they go about it that can be transposed to writing as well. Um, so when we're looking at you know we're looking at uh, rom coms especially especially for these first few um, episodes and looking at tropes, that was actually a really interesting one to kind of sit down and try to figure out. To me, there's like one massive trope um and then the rest of them are quite quite subtle like um so what tropes did you find in it
0: well i I guess it's um like the, the famous versus the ordinary isn't it or the prince and the pauper or um even like opposites attract i suppose they're kind of all part of the one thing i think I think you, oftentimes there is more than one kind of bigger trope, isn't there, in, in films or in books? But I really felt like this was the the dominating thing. It was It was the beginning yeah. and the end, That's where it, it summed up the conflict in one kind of you know nutshell. They come from completely different worlds and how they were going to make that work.
1: Yeah, for sure. And to me, it was the that subverted Cinderella, which is probably that same yeah. kind of thing. When you're looking at the fact that she's. At her character is very much the sort of the the usual you know the prince character and his character is very much the cinderella so which again looks at that the sort of the two different worlds that they're coming from and and they did such a beautiful job that we will we'll cover in this is how they managed to kind of bring those worlds sort of together and and prove to us make us believe that that you know when we turn off the movie they can have that happily ever after even though they come from such different places. Um, but what about the opening of the film? So um, when the movie starts, um, hopefully some of you have watched, you know, rewatched the movie or watched it for the first time before coming to join us here, but how it starts instantly with the song. I mean, the song is just one of those things that that you can't yeah. necessarily do in, in bookish form because it was just such a, I, I literally tear up every time I hear that song. I think it was so beautifully chosen. <laughs> um, so, so she, Elvis Costello, is playing over the top of these this montage of these beautiful shots of... Julia Roberts um, aka Anna Scott as clearly positioning her as the biggest movie star in the world and then we cut to the hero who's just walking through the streets in a very ordinary life and I think it was presented just superbly. They didn't hold back on any of that, the fact where they positioned them. So did you find that opening gripping? Like, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. It was the, the contrast of their lives right from the start. That was a conflict right there, right at the beginning, you know, large. The whole thing was she's from this world, he's from that world. And then I think, you know, I know we'll talk about tension later on, but I think that's they did lots of things like that throughout the movie to keep that tension going, reminding you constantly that they're actually from two different worlds. And, yeah, you do see bits and pieces about how they would manage that after, you know, you close the book we turn off the film. But the constant, even like a bus goes by and a face is on it, like yeah, things yeah. like that, constantly <laughs> constantly set up their characters, constantly set up this conundrum. How can this yep. possibly work? When, you know, As he, he says, you know, I live in Notting Hill, you live in Beverly Hills. That was conflict in a nutshell as well. Yeah, so in a nutshell,
1: conflict. yeah. So that's yeah, the, ex- the external conflict for sure. Like it's just, it's a, and it's a massive external conflict. So um, we can talk a little bit about the internal conflicts later as well because they're a lot more subtle, which often tends to be the case in, in romance novels and romance films as well. But the external one is... is as big as it can be, they live in completely different countries. Their lives are so, so different. So just even without having any internal conflict, the fact that you try to figure out how those two worlds are going to meld is um is a big one, very believable. Reasons why they clearly from very early on, you can see that spark between them. Um, but the reasons why you believe that they both they both kind of push them a little bit to to actually try to make something of it because this there's just this great hurdle to get over. Um and I think that's that's so beautifully handled. Just you know, just sort of continuing down that that kind of spark that that happens really quickly. And I think um, really paying attention to like the moments and the 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 way um, when they first meet. There's kind of it's it's very much a a customer to you know to the to the shopkeeper kind of kind of moment. But very quickly it dips into humor, and I think when they start to actually pay attention to one another's humor that's when the spark starts like when um <laughs> when will has to he makes a couple of jokes about the turkish book and then he has to go to the the thief who has the, the book down his pants and i love that you've got anna in the background kind of listening into this conversation as will is dealing with this dealing with this guy and you know says to him you know ideally when i go back to my desk you'll have taken out the kadogan guide to bali out of your pants and either wiped it off and put it back or or buy it, um, and the whole time Anna's listening in and clearly just has this little smile on her face of going, this, guys, that guy's actually pretty funny. But it's also, uh, whether any of you guys out there have read Save the Cat by Blake Snyder, it's very much a Save the Cat moment, which is something that, that he talks about as um, a thing that to get your hero or heroine to do very, very early in a story, they, they do something kind, they do something heroic, they do something funny, they do something that really kind of makes you, like, Go, oh okay, I'm really happy to follow this person. Um and I think that was a, a pure like, cat moment um when he goes to when he sort of stands up to the to the thief. Um so what did you what did you think of their initial spark?
0: Yeah, I, I I think um he could have definitely, you know, called the police and it could have gone a completely different different way altogether. And the fact that it's a rom com, but say the cat moment, a rom com, I think that moment has to be funny, is that like that's kind of the the thing that, you know. Right from the beginning, it lets you know that this 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 movie is going to be, you know, it's going to be funny. There's going to be humor in it. I love, I love, I, I like. I'm just writing down the scenes that I've like. Yeah. I love. I've got like two pages of it. It's like the whole movie is just like one big yeah. scene that I that I love. Really. Um, it was. I think it set up. It also set up again. Set up their characters. To him being this sort of you know, talk too much when he's nervous, kind of diffident English, you know, very English kind of guy. And her being almost kind of aloof, sort of you know Hollywood princess, because you know he's trying to get her to buy the you know, the book that's better, and but she's determined to not. She's you know her own way of doing it, and I just um, uh, it it just sets them up in their ordinary worlds a kind of way, you know, as well. But I guess at that point in time, it's not quite kind of the call to you know the call to change yet, but it's sort of setting both of them up in ordinary worlds. And done with such humor and lightness and deft and um it, you know, has those quirky characters that have already sort of started to come into it, you know, even in that scene with with the um I know um Bernie's not in it yet, but um oh just I love that scene. I love the opening scene. Yeah.
1: There's there's so much goodness to it. And there's also it also sets William up as being very kind. And I think that is a really big kind of through line through his character as well. There's there's a real, the sort of the things that he does and decisions that he makes, for all that they have flaws and foibles, there's just a real kind of kindness all the way through the film. So when he does that, he you know, gives the guy a chance to kind of own up and move on rather than calling the police. Like, um, And I think it's just you can see that Anna kind of responds to that, I think she's probably surrounded by a lot of um, unkind people. And so see this kind of gentleness in him. Um, definitely I think is really appealing appealing to her as well. And I love the clothing in that scene as well. I, I think you mentioned it beautifully in saying that he's just kind of this different kind of open, warm sort of puppy dog sort of almost character. And she's the fact that she's all in black, she's got the black beret, the black sunglasses, the black jacket. And she is that it's just not just even the fact that she's just like a famous person trying to like hide behind glasses. That just sums up her character the entire way through the movie that we, again, it's this, that subverted Cinderella in that we get to know so much about him and his friends and his life, but we know so little about her to the very, very end. And there's so many moments throughout it that we have to kind of accept the little bits that she gives us because she's she's very, um, yeah, we really don't get to know much about her the whole way through the story. So, which again is a And I like to responds
0: with humor as well in that situation, like, when um the thief asks for the autograph to be signed. Yeah. <laughs> she writes, oh, dear Rupert, you deserve you should be in jail or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, you can see that yeah. he has a superfective sense of humor as well. So yeah. So Hundred be- percent.
1: Which is clearly yeah. like has to be a big thing for him because, you know, later on you see him with his friends, like they their love language is humor. So you can see that yeah. the fact that she has that she has that kind of wit and that spark um definitely kind of gives you those those moments of um I call them kind of the "why him, why her" moments, and there's little things that you think, "What is it about this person that particularly calls, them as opposed to someone else?" And I think that's one of those things they both have this—they both have this great sense of humor that is definitely kind of appealing, appealing to both of them. Yes, um, I think, and uh, sort of t- touching on like character as well. When you're looking at the secondary characters, that are so important in the film, um, and that's a big thing you'll find a lot of. Um, for those keen on writing romance is um, that focus on the and the heroine or that the two characters is all important, but yet sometimes the secondary characters can be massively important as, as the foils, as the people who know them best, who if we like Will's friends and they love him, then we know that that gives him extra levels of lovability. And again, fascinating that he has all of these people in his life who love him. And again, she is just her own. Like the only people we see her with are managers and publicists and co-stars that she clearly doesn't particularly get along with. Like it's it's a fascinating use of secondary characters.
0: And she's very guarded. Like she's, even with the, mm. those people that she she's very guarded. Like she says, uh, as if I tell, you know, my life story is the most indiscreet in man in England. Whereas his friends clearly, yeah. like everything about each other, they've been friends for years. Like, like they know him as Flopsy yeah. from school. Um, and their their lives are all just open books and she has to live this life that is much more, you know, careful and guarded and who's going to, you know, if I say this to somebody, will they report it to a, you know, will it go to a newspaper? Will, you know, someone try to sneak a picture of me? You know, it's a very, there's a continual to me. It just continually sets up how different they are and that's what keeps attention yeah. going, you know, externally. is just, you know, well, it's just they're so, you know, this is just how how possible was it because it's just so different. It's a great fairy tale, isn't yeah. it? But in reality, how's it going to work?
1: Yeah, and I think it's beautiful, like sort of cut, cutting ahead a little bit to the scene where she does get to meet his friends for the first time and just seeing you almost see this, year, this yearning in her that she just sees how lovely and open and honest and bumbling and self-deprecating are with one another that you can see is coming from a place of having to be very solitary and being surrounded by all this warmth and love and humour is just, again, there's that why him? I think that she looks at his life and goes, oh, my gosh, like imagine the life I have compared to this is magic. Like You know, not being the big, rich, famous, award-winning, you know, all of that's nonsense. As she says later, it's like to be in that place of warmth and understanding and everybody sort of laughing at each other and laughing at themselves is very appealing
0: to her. So it's a beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful Even how much she yearns for that in that scene where he asks her to, he says, "Oh no, I can't because I've got my sister's birthday party time. It's yep. okay, I'll call it off. And she's like, "Oh no, I I, I can I can go with you." Like she's yeah, yeah. really and she really wants. She's kind of yearning for it. He's thinking she's not going to want to go to my sister's birthday party because she's Anna, and she's like, "Oh." well, I, I'd like to if, if you want to, if that's okay. Uh, there is yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of yearning. like You know, her trying to say, I am just underneath all this, I am just a normal person who does normal things or would like to, would like to be our life.
1: Yes, sure. So I think that's so beautifully done because you think at first glance that hers is the aspirational life, like hers is the life that everybody would okay. want, whereas in the end it very much shows you that, know for all that he makes mistakes and doesn't earn a lot of money and is divorced and all these kind of things you might look at um sort of failings um his life is very much the one that you can you can picture at the end that's their real life you fall into at the end and which is just yeah it's just beautifully beautifully set up I love it um so yeah. I think I'm going to have a little look at, I want to make sure we cover a lot about the story structure in chat because in the how to write love course uh Notting Hill is one of the movies that we do focus on um,
0: yes, yeah.
1: quite a bit when it comes to talking about story structure because it's handled so beautifully. Um, certain parts, especially the end of the movie, is just gloriously, um, a glorious example of, of how to go about it. Um, but I want to make sure that we touch on different story beats that are great romantic story beats as well. Um, so I know some of you out there be, really, I don't want to hear about structure. It just terrifies me. Um, but in the How to Write Love course, we we break it down in a way that makes it extremely palatable and understandable and simple. And using examples from Notting Hill, hopefully this will, will help you guys as well. But we do go deeper in the course. But I just I do want to touch on it because it's such a great great movie for it. So it's that uh, interesting and It has the prologue. um It has the old world uh where you see them set up at the beginning. um Then we have kind of an inciting incident. And again, these things can kind of be layered and leveled. But you know the two of them meeting at the beginning. Then like to have that classic kind of that second meet cute when they into each other with the, the orange juice and having this, yes. it's it's almost like this inciting incident and then deliberation, which are two um, really strong story structure points um, that a lot of romance novels and books in general hit, happen in like a minute because they bang into yeah. each other with the orange juice. He says, look, come with me to my house. It's just around the corner. And she's like, how far to in yards? And he's like, that one over there with the blue door. Then she has to think, do I go with this person who I don't know, or do I just go with my normal life and never see him again? And the fact that she goes, "Okay, let's go get, let's go change me," it just changes everything. That suddenly they've gone from, and it's something yeah. actually that happens a lot is the power, the power balance goes like this the entire way through the movie. That yeah. she yeah. has the the upper hand in the first scene, but suddenly in this scene, he's the one who goes, "I can help you." That happens yes. constantly. That's something I really noticed in in rewatching it. Um, but yeah, that um that dynamic shift happens again when she goes up to get changed and when she comes downstairs and she's all kind of sunglasses are off glam, you know, in a sparkly dress and looking very cute. And he just, he just goes like a, you know, like a cartoon dog with his tongue hanging out. It's just very like, just completely like, you could imagine like hearts over the top of his head. But again, then suddenly she's the one who has the the power in it. It's, it's this beautiful kind of evening out. Like, oh you know, they they have this great balance the whole way through. Um, but yeah, the dynamic shifts are amazing. And you see how, those scenes you see that they're both charming and charmed as well like you can see them becoming more and more charmed by one another um yes which is beautiful and something something else i wrote down something else i wrote down too just going back to sort of the fact that he seems very sort of um a bit like a lost boy like character archetype he could be a bit of a lost. he's a bit of a lost soul um then he shows so many moments of bravery through it as well when he the fact that he does sort of talk and joke to her the fact that he does say come to my place the fact that he does say heavenly the fact when he's you know talking to her like he has these moments of bravery that are really compelling that for a sort of a, a, a you know a beta um hero um in that kind of you know Cinderella role he definitely has these moments where you can go oh like you no, know, which which um yeah really really appealing as well
0: Even when he says um, the second time she comes to his door and she's in trouble after they've had their big bust up the first time, he could have said no, but he says, "Come in." Again, bravery because he knows his heart's gonna could possibly be stomped all over again, but he's gonna do it. Brave, yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. It's bravery and and kindness. It's like there's this real true line and of them them. I think there's they both have this. It's a very gentle, delicate, vulnerable film and there's just this for all that it's like funny haha ha, and it has these broad secondary characters with this with these hugely broad jokes all the way through it there's just this beautiful delicacy that I think Julia very much whatever choices she made and how she decided to act the character there's this you feel this complete fragility all the way through um, and I think there's this yeah that beautiful vulnerability and bravery um, a part of what makes it so heartwarming and makes it so beloved because you feel that I- these people are having to be so brave in love and you just and it completely like it tugs you towards them and you really really root for them um so thinking yes. of all those character choices in your in your own writing as to the way the characters are and the way that they change and the way that they 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 go outside of their own comfort zone to kind of make changes and be more brave. all of these things are really compelling for an audience for a reader as well so it's very much in the characterization in this movie that
0: and it pushes the story games. forward as well. It keeps the story going mm. forward. Mm. These kind of, you know, you take a step, take a risk. Yeah. Backfires. Yes. Kind of take a step back and then you have to keep going, you know, you go back to go forward all the time. So it's that, that yep. sort of push pull. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's her as well. Like when, when she's the one who, you know, when she comes back to pick up the bag and she's the one who just draws him in for a kiss and the fact that she's the one to instigate it um, and he's just too surprised to do it. He's just going to stand there with his hands in his pockets. But you can see that when she pulls away, there's this moment of kind of dreaminess that comes over her. Like it's not just him meeting this amazing dream of a woman or anything like that. It's like she she's just completely, she's like just so strangely smitten by him because of his sweetness and his kindness and his humour really, really quickly. Um, but it that is that be beautiful strange. bravery and that step forward, step back.
0: Yeah, that's a stretch of That kiss is amazing. And I know we're probably like jumping ahead, but that... Yeah, I love different. in that the acting in that it's just like there's these like what 10, 20 seconds between both of them where no words are explained, uh, uh, you know, there's no words, but they're looking at each other and you can tell she's thinking, oh, I, oh, why did I do that? But, Oh, hang on that. Wow. That was really, wow. That was okay. That was good. There's that, that silence that if you're writing it and you know, we talk about this and we oh. talk about, the you know, see in the course about you have to, that's that is the kind of stuff you have to write in your book. Get across to be like what that look is that's what you're trying to achieve in your book, so the reader can really feel they're feeling that moment. Of well, I think in that moment, everything kind of changed because it it was that moment that I think then led her to invite him to you know come see her at the Ritz. If it had not been for that moment, she probably wouldn't have done it because she was very perplexed by that kiss. Like, the oh, it was so well acted, those like nothing happens, but that you can tell in their eyes, it's so. so
1: good and the glory of having the like you're counting a filmmaker is counting on the actors to get that whereas we're so lucky that we can be inside the character's head one of their heads both of their heads whichever way you go to kind of know what they're feeling and know what they're thinking and know how things change because anytime there's a moment like that that point of change in the relationship is really important so aftermath of that if you sort of watch it back again so just just um when you when you see how they are how they act with each other before the kiss and then even those two or three sentences after the kiss you can see everything's changed they suddenly kind of relax a little bit with each other they suddenly like again that kind of the, the dynamic kind of shifts again and there's this there's a comfort there's a difference in the tone there's a difference with how close they stand together it's like it's like suddenly does everything just go and it's like as you say that, how it propels the story forward—it just, everything just kind of like, kind of speeds up to a point that would never have happened without. It would have taken a lot longer to get to that point without the kiss. So, in that moment, of, having that moment, it's being able to kind of like change the tension and change the tone, and it has to have meaning. Um, is done so beautifully, and it's such a great example for 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 book writers as well, because any time there's a moment like that, there has to be an effect, and this, and then you yeah. watch the effect in this. It's really real.
0: And I think that's what a lot of writers, um, particularly new writers, miss out on. That they don't they don't take you into that moment. You know, the characters will kiss, and then that will be it. But you you're not taken into the moment in their heads, in their thoughts, into their you know, to, because everything has changed. So uh, the reader wants yep. to understand that. Uh, you get that emotional depth and that sort of much deeper meaning to the to the whole you know the whole scene it's it's a big moment like when the, when characters have sex for the first time big moments right so you need to yeah needs to be in the character's heads for that on film they can do it with a look you're gonna have to write that in you know in your book and i think that we go into that in the course you know how to sort of you know dig yep. in for those emotional moments in the course to really get that look into your writing yep 100 and i
1: think i i even kind of create like whenever i do anything like that i'll always have like a heading that says aftermath. Like what? What happened? What's the what is the kind of fallout of what's just happened in this scene? Because it's so important that life can't just go on. Um, things have to have changed, and 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 it's beautiful that it doesn't even kind of this beautiful moment, as you say, that is just you're just like you stop reading through the whole thing as you're watching it, and then <laughs> the door starts to open and in walks like who just and again that power dynamic that thing she's just kissed him, and it's like this thing of you oh think my God he's just been kissed by the most famous woman in the world who he adores and thinks is so beautiful. And then Spike walks in and says, you know, just walks past, you know, bum hanging out the back of his pants and says to him, I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make your balls shrink to the size of raisins. And it's like suddenly Will's gone from here to just like, like to go, oh, my God, he just said that in front of this girl who's just kissing me. Like, it's just, you cannot, you can't feel like you've got a grip on anything the whole time. It's, again, that delicate, fragile, like any of it can snap at any point. Because yep. I, so I think the kiss,
0: the kiss in that moment, you were saying how one's up, one's down. The kiss in that moment brings them both, they're both, in that moment, they're both actually, no one's a famous yeah. movie star, no one's ordinary, they're just two people that have shared this weird, strange, wonderful moment. So the power balance yep. is completely neutral and then you're yeah, right. And then I, you're yeah, right. I think you're right. And that's that, after, that aftermath,
1: that's the first time they're like that, it's like, They've kind of been like this for the whole time and then sort of in the aftermath there they both just kind of it's this beautiful scene to go back and re-watch it again just to see that they both just kind of look at each other like people and are like yes, what just happened we're in this weird bubble and it's only the two of us here and it's yeah this it's just really comfortable somehow it's, it's usually it can go the opposite way that that first kiss can make everything what have i done or oh no this is gonna like it can be really fraught whereas this does the opposite it just makes everything kind of like okay we can stop mucking about and just kind of look at each other now and then spike comes in and just completely like <laughs> completely ruins everything so then they kind of just happen the kind of the ups and downs keep happening again. it's just gorgeous um and that's really kind of the end of act one because then act two is where suddenly it's like they've they've kind of will we won't we okay the plan is we're actually going to do this like when she when he finds out that he's had the phone call to kind of meet her at the hotel so clearly it's like she's instigating things this is actually. Is this going to happen oh my gosh yes it's going to happen so we kind of hit act two which tends to be kind of the fun and games act where um which i've heard it heard it be called the trailer moment whereas it tends to be that the first half of act two before the midpoint of the story where a lot of the fun stuff happens a lot of the stuff you'll see in the movie trailers so we have the um the beautiful upside down world um which is often what happens at the beginning of uh, beginning of act two and that's where they've spent all of their time pretty much within wills World. So we've been within you yeah. know, his bookshop. We've been on the streets in, in Notting Hill. We've been in his apartment, and suddenly we start. Act will has to then go into her. So it's a big kind of flip to see how he's going to cope when he gets there. Yeah. I mean, and the whole scene, and the whole scene in the hotel, having to like the moments with her are just again delicate, beautiful, fraught. You can feel this like this draw between them, and then everything just keeps getting undercut constantly. you know, going into go <laughs> all of the other people. It's just a riot. It's such it's such a fun scene. I reckon that's probably one of my favorites. Even that even the
0: oh. boy in the hotel when he um jerks the door and she's obviously in a panic because her boyfriend's there. Um, but she um he leans in and kisses her and that's awkward. He doesn't quite get her mouth, he doesn't get a cheek. It's um I, I just that was a moment I hadn't really clocked before. It's just Again, shows he's awkward, diffident, very British guy. She's super cool, you know, um, big big name uh, actress. I, I really like that moment.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's some great stuff. And there's like that when you continue on, kind of with the fun and games. Is like the, that's when the birthday party happens with um, with Honey's birthday party. This is this is the, um, the part of the story that has the communal garden. Um, this is the part of the story where the two of them go out to dinner and Will. Um, hears the men talking and sort of being um being obnoxious jerks I'm talking about her and he goes and stands up for her like it's got some massive set scenes that are all still really intimate but they're very much they very much sort of pushed pushing 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 the story forward and kind of showing showing them get to each other um in a really beautiful way and it's sort of again it's like some you know sometimes in his world sometimes in her world um it's so beautifully done and I think you get to see this is where we get to see anna a little more too because again she's been very um aloof we don't really know her terribly much but i think in the birthday party scene especially when you see how gracious she is and how kind she is to his friends even when they keep sticking their their feet in their mouths the whole time she's just (laughs) delightful and funny and yeah it's just it's so glorious that and then the communal garden scene which is when you're looking at trying to set like a romantic set piece that kind of you know when you're looking at kind of the, the hollywood moments um which is something that i love that, that claire Connolly talks about uh those that, the moments that are ones that you just think are so romantic they're so this they can be small they can be big but there's, there's something about them that is just so kind of like <gasps> you feel kind of sigh worthy at the end of it and i think when they step into that communal garden just the, the setting dripping in lushness and and moonlight and beauty and you know, and to have that that kind of the, the position for the second kiss again, it's it's a different kind of kiss. It has a different kind of um, a different kind of. It's a little bit kind of. It's not as unexpected, or even it's unexpected in a different way. And he kisses her back. And um, I think for yes. me, that communal garden scene is just the real kind of like heart flutter um, sort of big moment for me. Are there any particular scenes out of those that you really loved?
0: I love. It communal garden scene actually what struck me um looking at going through. i mean i love the birthday party scene i love the interview yep. scenes at the hotel where he starts off as you know interviewing people not knowing what to do by the end he's like asking them about their you know the accidental you know how did you how did you approach this role and, uh,
1: like he's he getting he an into it by the
0: end. <laughs> kind of a real expert suddenly <laughs> on, on all that sort of thing um, the thing that I actually um, thought about I hadn't thought about it before watching the movie was actually how um, in the there's kind of two sort of areas where I thought address consent, although I don't know that was if that was necessarily the, um, the object of it but um, when yep. in that communal garden scene when she sits on the seat and he doesn't go and sit with her immediately, he's not sure. <sighs> he wants to love around. that it kind of walks around in a way 100%. and waits until she says come sit with me which i like just makes me swimming every time but i hadn't really thought about it yep. like that before and i don't no. know if it is um in a demonstration <clears throat> but it really does fit into that it's like she's inviting him and then um the same but thing when- i kind when of she- i
1: kind of i kind of wonder if i i kind of wonder i i saw those in another moment you might be about to mention as well that for the first time i really thought I kind of That scene had never kind of made so much sense to me as him not sitting down straight away but really watching it carefully this time. I kind of went, oh, the fact that he knows when she needs space and he's completely willing to give it to her, I just went, oh, my God, that's like a massive tick for him. I really noticed that this time. And what was the other one you were going to mention?
0: Yeah, do you think it's that he knows he needs space? Yeah, maybe a bit. I just just sort of think because that was just him being so unsure of himself with her still. You know, they would kiss but he's still not sure he's watching her. So yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. By the way, yeah. the other one. I
1: think he's natural. I think that's naturally. I think he's just naturally polite. Yes. There's like something to yeah. that that's just would be very appealing to her as well. I think there's just yeah. without thinking, he's that's just his natural way of being. And there was another yeah. moment of consent, sort of, too earlier on. Yeah. I so on when
0: topic. when he um, when she says, "Do you want to come up?" You know, to the hotel, and he's like. Obviously, does but he's like. Well, it seems to be a lot of reasons why I shouldn't. And she says, "Yes, there is." And then she says, "Do you want to come up?" So he hasn't gone. Yes, I want to come up straight away. He's again done that kind of almost like a, you know, different kind of walk away around the chair, don't sit down thing until she's really, really sure. Which I thought was really lovely yep. as well. Like yep. I think that's like you know he knows the situations. I'm sure he wants her to be really sure. Yeah. He doesn't want you know he doesn't yep. want to happen what does happen in the end. Yeah
1: there's also the fact that when she kissed him the first time she kissed him without any kind of lead up and when she him into the hotel the first thing he says when he sits down I wanted you to come here because of what happened the fact I kissed you I wanted to see if you were okay and it was yeah. like whoa that was before time like a thing for yeah. her to, to realize that she'd done that without any kind of precursor and for her to kind of go I just want to make sure that I have done the wrong thing or offended you or upset you or whatever like i mean i thought that was something i hadn't ever really clocked until watching it this time i was like gosh that's just so beautiful like they're so kind to one another there's just so much thoughtfulness and respect and sweetness and just just underlying it all is just ah, oh, yeah superb 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 um and then you touched on the sort of the midpoint of the the midpoint of the which is the he does go up to the, the hotel room and yeah. finds all that. Right, He's not awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so that midpoint is, again, when you look at it's literally the middle of the film. I li- I stopped it. I paused it and said oh, to see ah. what the time was. And it's like smack bang, middle of the film. This happens. So things are happening in Act 1. Act 2, they start to get to know each other. Boom, the midpoint happens. And this is, looking again, looking at story structure that we cover a lot in the How to Write Course. Um, The midpoint, everything changes in a big way. And from that point, things start to just, so um and it starts with her I think I think Alec Baldwin character is just so fantastically done because he's when you actually listen to what he says everything he says until he says that one line about you know don't eat too much because I don't want them to say there goes that you know famous actor with the girlfriend or whatever you just think you just want to go elbow him in the freaking head but until that point everything he says is actually quite he's actually quite affable and big brash compared to you know William is so so diffident and that he's just so sort of a sweet kind of English about him and the the American boyfriend is quite bigger and louder and you know a definite kind of difference there that you can feel a crackle of discomfort in Anna. Um, Mm. But yeah it's just so cleverly done. And then when and when we'll actually, you know (laughs) what Alan's character says making these dirty dishes which is a line that like we say And then and with the sad music, he's leaving with the rubbish and the dirty dishes. He's just funny. Oh, like, could you love him more <laughs> in that moment? But he's so polite and so sweet.
0: And again, <laughs> to me, that that's continually reinforcing, you know, very English, very diffident, very, you know, very different from the big brass Hollywood boyfriend, just continually going, this yeah. is a guy. I think they really made... I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, but really saying this guy is very English, this girl is very American as well. Like in every single I mean, word choices in that kind of, you know, dynamic um, in the in their room at the time. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that. And you're right. Alec Baldwin is just, you know, yeah. And, and and it makes you think, well, why why is she even with him? You know, why what does she even see him? And I love that later she says, I just got to the point where I couldn't remember all the reasons is why we were together in the first place yeah um, although yeah she's obviously, obviously hit that point
1: that before, that... before before hit that point before she's ever met william you're like you're aware of that i like, they probably haven't yeah. officially called things off but she's like in her mind it was it was and that thing of you know she mentions at the dinner party about being attracted to cruel men and she's obviously had this kind of certain type that she's been with because of the lifestyle that she has so again it just like shows a difference to what will offers that kind of what him like why she's like oh my gosh like, this is what I've had and this is what I this is what I have now it's just so appealing so yes, wonderful yes. um and then we have kind of that that breakdown of like sort of act two part two where we have the montages of him seeing her everywhere <laughs> and um you know when one of the friends says you know Anna is a goddess and you know what happens to mortals who you know hang out with gods get involved with this, like buggered yeah every time like just <laughs> delightful lines and it's good get- friends are so beautifully supportive and you kind of think like you feel that he's got this support and they're trying to find someone else for him who goes on the dates whereas you don't see what happens to Anna. again she's we know so little about her but who knows what she then has to go and deal with like there's just this i think this time around i really felt this heartbreak of of what her life she's going back to you know we don't know that she's got friends family any kind of support system. Back to go through what she's going through, yeah. It's like this beautifully handled. Whereas he's got all of this kind of beautiful support again. It's kind of setting up the fact that this is the idea, this is the one that we think if she, you know, if she finally is able to kind of be a part of this, it's she's the one who's she's the one who's entered the cast, she's the one who's who's made the good decision at the end, kind of thing. Um, and then. Yeah, as you said earlier that moment um this is kind of the, the act when mistakes are made as well kind of there's you tend to have like a, a ticking clock and the bad guys closing and mistakes are made and all of these things start to kind of disintegrate in this this part of a story and with her with the new pictures coming out and when she yeah. which she mentioned earlier when she goes to his house and says, i didn't know where to go and he's like this is the place oh my god yes <laughs> like honestly like it's two it's two it's two lines and it just tells you everything and shows such strength in him and such vulnerability in her. Um, yeah, these two—the characterization, all that—it's like vignettes of like three, four, five lines in the scene, like scene after scene after scene. It's just the characterization is is so. Superb. Um, I love yeah. what I love about this too is that we get Anna scrubbed clean. We get she goes to have the bath, and when she comes down, she's just like messy hair, no makeup, daggy clothes, and you—this is you know—you no longer see her. In that any kind of position, a of movie star, and she just becomes very much a normal person living in his world for a oh, while exactly. here, which is beautiful. 100%. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. right.
0: Yeah, I, I like um, the, the balance is definitely sort of brought down. I like, and that's the you know the H-E-A guarantee that you talk about, Ali, in the course. Um, how do you know they're going to last uh, once the you know the end or the the film ends? And to me, it's those scenes. Where it's the scene where he says, when she's freaking out still and he's like, don't worry about it, it'll be okay. What do you want? You want tea, you want a bath. Yeah. Like in that moment, you know that whatever whatever's gonna, you know, happen in there, you know, afterlife, after happily ever after, that he'll yeah. always be kind of her so he'll always be the one there for her to help, you know, bring it down, help solve problems. You kind of know what their life's gonna be like in, you know afterwards, as you pointed yeah. out earlier. That's kind of be that's gonna be their kind of role. <laughs> she's gonna be big and super and wonderful, but he'll always be there. You know
1: supporting her behind her, always have her back. Yep, 100%. So, so true. And it's so much of this for all that's like a you know, she's going through something rough at the time. It is just those moments where you see them sitting down reading, and like she, you know, he's reading something, she's reading something, and they're just hanging out together and they're so comfortable together. It's just, yeah, for sure. It's just they do such a strong, strong job of creating that space that you do think once the you know for us once the books closed you know that they're going to be okay this this whole section sets that up so beautifully Um, and I think we start to see sort of a little bit more in here of um, we've got that external conflict and the external tension with the fact that they're different lives they live in different countries but when you start to see more of that internal conflict where I love the scene when they're out to dinner and you know when he talks about his divorce and you know she's like what what happened and he says she saw through me it's like two lines but it just gives this you can see that he's now fearful of that as well like it's like I'm um you know what happens if anyone else is through me am I going to be able to be in a relationship that's sustainable and then you see for her as well like um when you know after the love scene and they're in bed together the next day and she's talking about Rita Hayworth and how you know the you know men go to bed with Gilda and they wake up with me and she's I love how brave she is in asking him, like, is that how you feel? Like, I don't know exactly. that she'd ever have asked that of anyone else she's ever been with before, but she feels confident enough to ask yeah. him if that's if that's how he feels. And, again, you see that vulnerability. So that's the internal conflict is their fear yeah. of getting hurt, their fear of not being loved, you know, her fear of not being loved for who she is but uh-huh. who people perceive her to be. So that's all the internal conflict that is yeah. that all blows up at the end way more than the external conflict that's the thing that means that they just had a big fight at the end because she basically implodes everything you know when when the photographers come to the door um you know burst into their beautiful little suburban bowl. uh when she has that complete meltdown to me watching it I'm kind of going this is completely deliberate she's doing this because it's like you can see from her internal conflict it's like for all things are going well and she's so hopeful of this it's like she knows Anytime she has to try to have anything normal with someone who's normal, it's always a disaster. So she's she's like in that moment, she's like, I'm just going to blow it all up now because I can't I can't fall any deeper because I'm only going to get hurt. So all of those little internal conflicts that have been set up, I think, in that big blow up moment, um, all that feeds into that so beautifully. So it's yeah, in the end, it's like which is, as it should be, those internal fears and those internal conflicts are the things that that end up stopping them from getting together and and make us wonder whether it's ever going to turn out. Again.
0: I know. Ew. I know that. Except that, that, to me, there's that one scene. That's the the only flaw in the entire movie, and it uh, kind of annoys me. And I've forgotten how much it annoyed me until I saw it again. Was that yeah. he lets her go to the door, knowing that all those 100%. photographers are yep. So I think yeah. I understand why they had to do that. I get that they needed to see them both in the house together, but I felt there are other ways. I mean, she could have, like, been following him and just as the door opened, she, she was in the background. She didn't. I felt like him, like, letting her go and face those people yeah. just ate up like him. It just seems so out of character. I know he's dazed by all the, I know they're trying to, play, try to you know, to sell it like that. But I was in that yeah. moment, every time I see him, I'm like, I wish they could do that, bit again, and make it so it's not. You know, I felt very disappointed in that. Like, what like one minute out of whatever one hundred, you know, twenty minutes or whatever. I, but that's my one flaw with the movie.
1: Yeah, I agree okay. that I think they do. And what again, I'm watching it this time around, thinking they do try to make him look like his days. But when the fact that he doesn't stop her, you just yeah, I think they could have for sure. I agree with you; they could have been a different way. Um, that was handled, mm. but it cannot almost kind of blind you to the to the um because you can get caught I think as watching it you can get caught up in ah oh, would that have really happened so when the blow-up happens you uh oftentimes like I haven't all scenes kind of felt a little bit messy to me compared to the rest of the film but like watching it this time and and really paying attention to her internal conflicts I thought that her blow up was exactly what she would have done in that position I think it made complete oh, sense yeah. but usually I've been usually I've been overshadowed by that moment of, oh, really like would she have opened the door so um yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so the um I'm trying to think if I have anything else written in here. Um, I've already covered all of that brilliant, wonderful stuff. Then we have, like, a, a nice long period of kind of that long dark night of the soul, which sort of between the black moment, we call it like a black moment, and then the light bulb moment. So there's this beautiful period in between, which is one of my favourite things to write, which is when everything's fallen apart and they've gone their separate ways and they're in their corners looking their wound thinking, I made the right choice, I did the right thing. There has to be kind of that thought process as, as to okay so now i've made this decision this is what my life's going to be like without that person and then they kind of go that that discussion with friends or that thought process that gets them to what the heck have i done and this is just gorgeous because have you know sort of will visiting anna on set all of that thing's part of it it's all like he's still kind of trying to work his way around it um and again anna is off screen the entire time so you have to kind of imagine What she's going through on her own um, at this time as well, because we're given nothing. We have to, we have to really kind of like her enough to to believe that for all that those moments have happened and the big blow up happened, that we like her enough still want them to get together because we don't get to see her long dark night of the soul. We don't get to see her her mortification or embarrassment or or oh gosh um, I'm so sorry I did that. You don't get to see any of that stuff happening until the moment that she. Turns up at the, at the shop mm-hmm. with the so, Chagall yeah. in hand. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And like, of course, like when you look at like, I think you know when you guys talked about when Harry met Sally with the you know the moment in the cafe, like the scene in the cafe. I'll have what she's had. It's like this is this is the line from the movie, right? That every that everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is. So what's yes, I you mean, think i of the. Scene? I guess it's the like it
0: could, it's one of the Hollywood moments in the in the film, isn't it? Because it's a line that every everybody you know. for sure and it's just it's like you know a perfect line as you're saying kind of you know bookends from you know her internal conflict it's her fear that she's not going to be seen as just a girl in love with a boy um that um that brings all the kind of her emotional like conflict (laughs) chins home to Roos right there in that line and then he rejects her uh in that moment at which you know which just goes to, to to you know to prove to prove to herself that she shouldn't have taken that risk because of course it's going to happen. But what I like about that moment, one one of the things I noticed about that moment was again how it compares their two worlds. Like he has a Chagall print on his wall, she brings him the Chagall yeah. actual painting. Like even to even yeah. then they're constantly signaling how this great divide you know between them how are they ever going to get part particularly in that moment when he's re- literally you know rejected her after those you know amazing heartfelt yeah. lines um yeah i but know, she, But um, the
1: fact that you've got the, t- the different two worlds but the fact that they both love that same painting like it's yeah. like again it's like that why each other like why him why her it's just yeah. so beautifully done and i love like i love at the very beginning of the chat we were having talking about the different echoes and through lines that we might have noticed this time, which is one of my favourite things to do as a writer is having little moments that pop up two or three times through a book. And as a reader, I think it's such a great thing for readers because what it does is it creates kind of a sense of sort of comfort and inclusivity and like in jokes between the writer and the reader. So any time that you can have those little echoes pop up as a writer is just, it's only going to serve you well. So they had like, um, it was nice to meet you, surreal but nice, which he says sort of after Twice. she leaves you know it's before that yeah and then she says it to him later on and then yeah. there's the horse and hound like that one just keeps popping up the whole way through <laughs> he just keeps like being this guy from horse and hound the chagall yeah. painting the henry james the fact that he mentions something about henry james and in the end even after they've broken up after the big fight yes. the next thing she does is a hen- henry james which means that's yes. where you see she's been thinking about him um, yes we don't get to see it um on the page so just Glorious, glorious! All these beautiful um,
0: I ones the, that they have. I that I yeah. yeah. That. So yep. um, the, the desk guy at the hotel when he rings a guest guy with yeah. all, <laughs> the whole, and he's in the he's in the, at the end when he tries to get the to tell her where Anna Scott's gone. So there was that. Yeah. Um, And he, and he
1: becomes. I love that he. Becomes part of it too. Like it's like he's yeah. kind of he's a bit of yeah. a block. He's one of the stumbling blocks. And in the end,
0: even he's on their side. You yeah. Know? <laughs> right. um, of course, there's a the book ending of she, which we'll talk about. Um, the the garden, you know, in the middle and at the end as well. The two scenes in the restaurant um, that that shuts down. Um, yep. There's like yep. two like, look at each other. Um, there's burn the the how useful how useless Bernie is as a cook. Like all the way through it as well, it's like yep. three scenes where he burns things, where he makes weird yes. things, like yes. um, and um, is it Martin the the bookshop? Um, his yes. work at the, the bookshop assistant. Yeah, yeah. mixing like he mixed up um, Demi Moore and her, and um, oh, he thought he saw um, Ringo Starr on the high street, but it was actually Topol. That's right. Was it? Yep. So, those little things. Yes, that's right. I think as a writer that you don't realize, and I know that I do it all the time, I don't realize, I don't deliberately set out to do this a lot of the time. I don't realize I'm doing it. But when you get to the, when you get to another part and you have realized you've done it a couple of times and you realize actually that thing is more than you thought it was going to be. And that is magic. 100%. I love that magic moment. I'm like, oh, that is absolute magic that I can use this bit that I put. I put back here for no reason other than I needed, I don't know, I needed an object or I needed a phrase or I needed something. And then it becomes this echo all throughout the book. And it's just like yeah. chef's kiss, perfect, Yeah,
1: perfect for moment. sure. And as a... Uh, yeah love it and as a reader it is such a thing because it's like an easter egg you go oh hang on a sec that's popped again and that had meaning from earlier and it makes you it makes the reader become so much more a part of the story so when you notice those little moments i'm totally with you i don't do it deliberately it suddenly something happens that you didn't even a throwaway line that suddenly you think oh my gosh that suddenly has come up again and you think i had no idea that had meaning um just to lean into those moments as a writer i think is just will just Serve the story so beautifully, um, and if we continue down the structure path, since there's just the structure of this, this spectacular. This is like uh, one of my favorite things. Um, talking about structure is the end of this movie when you go that kind of the, the light bulb moment is just one of the most beautifully written scenes when he's sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the the you know the empty restaurant with his friends and they're all like, "Yep, you totally you totally made the right choice," you know, you just you know, good for you, mate. Like all good, and then he, you know, Spike walks in and he explains what's happened it's in a few dark and the 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 realization that comes over Will's face he's like oh god what have I done like it's just it's the light bulb you can literally like you can almost see the light bulb pop over his head to know oh my gosh like the choice I've made is so bad
0: what I like about that is you're right, they're all being very, very supportive, but they've realized before him that he's made a mistake, but no one's going to say it except for Spike. No one's So <laughs> like, Even after Spike comes in and says, You've done the wrong thing. And then um, his sister goes, No, 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 it's okay. We're, we're all in grants. And yes, he's talking yes. to people. And they, 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 the camera pans on each of their faces. And you can see each of the friends' faces thinking, Oh, this is such a wrong decision. What's he doing? What an idiot. Yep. But they're not saying it until he then comes to realization himself that um, when the which other character it is that says um I can't think of his name the, the stockbroker guy who says well that's nice isn't it anybody wants to go out, you that's yes. nice isn't it and that's when he goes oh, oh. you know the moment yes now.
1: yes it's it's, it's that good. simple in the end it's like all of the rubbish and nonsense and fame and all of that stuff and the you know yeah. his ex-wife her ex boyfriend all of that mess of their lives it's like it's actually really nice if someone wants to go out with you. It's like it just boils down to that's literally how
0: simple it is. The real Chagall is like sitting there half unwrapped, yeah. and it's just uh, it's a it's a it is an incredible writing. It's so like you're right, it's like a scene that takes two minutes and it's just so so well done. The light bulb moment is you know awesome. Probably Second, I need to the you know the great grovel at the end. So, actually, I guess we'll get to the grovel. But I was thinking, um, I don't know if you're getting that next, but there's actually two grovels really in this film. I hadn't thought about Anna's you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, but that is actually a bit of a grovel yep. too. It's, it's low key, it is, it is. You don't often yes. see two grovels, right? You usually only see one yep. big grovel if you're going to get one. Of so, actually, to see, I hadn't thought about that till I was looking at this time that she's groveled a little bit there as well,
1: which again again one of the reasons why this movie is so fabulous because that it just gives them that balance it's not just him apologizing or him doing anything it's like both of them have had to kind of step out of their comfort zones and be very very brave and her being brave in that intimate space like her saying that i'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her is just so brave her and so for him to do it in front of like he goes and does it in front of the whole world like just kind of ones up but i think when we're talking about structure when we look at from the light bulb moment it just goes bang the movie then he- heads into act Act three which is the final act of the movie and it's just we talk about gather the troops and storm the castle and that's literally what happens he literally has yeah. all of his friends gather the troops they all hop inside the station wagon even the fact that it's a station wagon and it's not if you look at it it's not washed it's a little bit, it has a couple of dents yeah. on the side like that's that's kind of his white steed as he's like <laughs> heading to sort of rescue her from her life is just this you know green station wagon it's so beautiful and the fact that all the friends who are the support mechanism are all with him um and then the declaration for all that those public declarations can be kind of tricky to pull off to feel as if they're realistic it, it, it just i think they did it with such finesse and such almost tongue-in-cheek like we're just we're just gonna lean in and give it as much romance as we can um and humor as well makes it delightful when it could have been like, the intimacy of her declaration is just so beautiful for his to be just so ridiculous in front of everybody. But again, the music chosen and the questions, the way that the other reporters sort of look at him when they start to realise who he is or become engaged in the conversation, it just adds realism and humour. Oh, and the guy in the pink shirt, like, I love the fact that he his hand up. He looks around like he has no idea that everyone else in the room is in, like, blue and grey. He's just there in his pink shirt, just oh, Mr Thacker just delight it's so magical and just the the fact that the conversations they have with one another across the place with like the raised eyebrows like just this, yes. they almost have this silent language with one another and there's just so much about it that you just go, this is going to be okay um and then we head to our beautiful blog which as you mentioned earlier is this gorgeous end to the beginning it bookends so many things it's like it has the the beginning where she's like you know super famous going about her super famous life and in the end It's still the same. Like she's still doing those things, but instead of being alone at the beginning, she's got him at her side. So showing that old world versus new world is just—it's so right out there. Like they don't hide it at all. It's so beautiful. But actually, and that moment, which you tell me, you go.
0: But actually, um, she—the music starts playing at the end of the press conference. Dot. You know, then leads into other life. And so when that mute, when she starts playing when all the cameras turn to him and they're looking at each other across yeah. the room and laughing and smiling and knowing that they're in love and they're going to be together. And I just I have to say that ending is the best ending ever in, in, in like a romantic <laughs> rom-, rom-, rom movie. I will go and often just Google, YouTube that ending and watch it over and over because it, there is absolute perfection. Everything about it yeah. is just... It gives yeah. me goosebumps. I I, I love. I, I love when they, all, when the whole room starts to realize something's going on and they're not sure what. And you're right, they turn him, they look, and they take. Then someone starts taking pictures, and they're all taking pictures. And their friends are there, and they're crying, and they're all kissing each other, and it's just,
1: oh, it's oh, just, it's, it's magic. And it's, it's not just, amazing. it's not just one happy ending in that moment too, because you've no. got. Um, you've got the married couple, you've got Spike and Honey, you've got the yeah. stockbroker character who suddenly turns to a girl and, like, they kind of have kiss. a moment of, you know, a moment of like, kiss. And it's like, there's like four happy endings in this. So you just, like, yeah. it's like layer upon layer upon layer of happy endings. It's just like the, the the love and romance and sparkles blooming out of you watching it is amazing. I love the fact, fact that you've got great. him in, you've got him, yeah, and him in her life, which leads back to kind of that beginning shot. But then when they decide to close it off with just that, um, Sort of the doll shot going through the park and the kids all running around and how it's you know it was the first time they're there it's all kind of moonlight and secluded but this time it's all daylight and sunshine and warmth and just family and all good things and then it then it goes to the two of them lying on the bench like i would all say to people that that is my heaven except i'd be reading and my husband would be pregnant so the fact that <laughs> it's the two of them jump and she He's reading a book because he's a book lover and she's just lying there, just kind of feeling at peace. Hmm. Honestly, just that's just the best walking off into the sunset moment. It to, to show that epilogue of we we know that they're going to be okay, but to go ahead and just kind of show us how okay they are is just this just the yeah. most it's, a I'll cry. It's a, a great reason. it's a great epilogue. You
0: know, we talk a bit about don't we epilogues and prologues in the course. Uh and yeah, you know, there's always a debate about about whether you should have an epilogue at all or a prologue, uh, but this, you know, that those last moments—the wedding and then the, them and their normal life in the, the garden—perfect yeah. epilogue. I, I mean, I'm somebody who likes a big, fat, red bow tied on the end of my all, all of my movies, so I like it to be, you know, particularly my romances. So to me, that just was perfection. I, yeah, I, I just and. The music, like it's such a, I, I hear she anywhere, and I'm like back in that movie at some, you know, at some point because it's just sure. such a visceral kind of a, you know, a reminder for me of those amazing, beautiful scenes, and oh, it's, it's so good, so 100%. good.
1: It's so beautiful. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, and I love, um, yeah. I think we've we've covered all the things that we were hoping to cover, and then some. So this will probably be our longest how to watch, <laughs> it's like a ride that we ever do because. And I could probably talk for another hour, but I think we'll probably just leave it there. Um. So hopefully, we've given you lots and lots of um, information about tropes. Unless there's anything else you thought that we've missed, I'm just I'm cutting you off here. So, are we happy? I, I
0: guess I just wanted to ask. I suppose. Um, sure. It's very hard to ask. It's very hard to narrow it down. Do you have one like line of dialogue? That you like the most, or like a scene that you like the most? I couldn't answer that myself, so it's unfair. But um, it
1: was—it was, yeah, so it was a really hard one. I actually—I wrote down a few lines, but I think I probably covered them. You know, as we're going through, like I love the—I um I love the "Who left who? She left me. Why she saw through me? I thought that was just an absolute, like, stabbed heart, beautiful <laughs> moment for a funny film. I really loved that one. Um, yeah, and when he says, fun. "This is the place." Yeah, oh, when he says this yes. is the place and lets yeah. her in, just oh and they're the true they kind of the yeah. really true lines that aren't just the there's so many funny yes. lines and clever lines, but those lines that yeah. are just like oh kind of ones yeah. and being, humor, being that- you know, undercutting the humour.
0: Yeah, and that too, when she says before I think blows up at his house after they've you know had the night together, she says, Can I stay a bit longer? He says, Stay forever. Oh, That's
1: stay her. forever oh my god 100 i love it and then when, i love when honey says marry marry will you should marry will we can be like sisters and, you, and she goes oh, i'll think about it like you think oh my god they're just oof they're like moments that you just kind of feel that clutch in your heart absolutely great ones um but yes, yeah, so we've covered like we've covered conflict and tension and dialogue and a lot about structure which i hope is really helpful for those of you out there who either love structure or find it struggle um, it's you know those kind of sections in our How to Write Love course. Uh, we have so many people saying that they just, they've heard, they've gone to structured talks, they've learned about it before, but um, the way we put it together is really accessible and helpful and helps make sense of it all. So hopefully um, some of what we talked about here today will help you guys as well. Otherwise, I think we should leave it there so <laughs> you can get on with your lives. Um, but yes, yeah, so thank you so much for watching or, or listening to How to Write, um, How to Watch Movies Like a Writer. Um, If you like and subscribe to our channels, don't miss out. We've got lots, lots, lots more lined up. We cannot wait to talk about some of our favourite films and even some films that we might disagree on as well because, you know, sort of breaking them down as to why they helped us or, you know, why they connected with us or not, I think is really helpful as a writer as well. So, and we'll put um, contacts in, uh, sorry, we'll put links in the end notes as well um, as we've been talking about the courses and things we've been talking about as well. So there you go. Thank you so much for, for joining us and coming along as we gush. Over
0: one of the best movies ever made. Um, but yeah, next time, it was so nice to see you guys. See ya. Thank you. Bye. This has been a How to Write Academy production featuring Amy Andrews and Ali Blake. For more information about our courses and offerings, head to howtowriteacademy.com and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode.